Hello, everyone. This is Dan Kelly, and welcome back to the April 2021 edition of the OSSB podcast. We are so happy that you keep coming back every month and listening and supporting what the students and staff are doing at the Ohio State School for the Blind. We have another exciting episode put together for you. We're going to start things off with Emily bringing us some interesting facts about the month of April. Monty and I, we're going to interview Miss Hannah Lippick from The Ohio State University. She's one of the interns who's been working with the podcast club. Miss McCumber's class makes yet again another debut. They create a Would You Rather, which is very entertaining and they came up with their own questions. Would you rather this or that? So they, they, that was pretty good. I can't wait for that. We have an amazing art exhibit at the Ohio State School for the Blind that was put together, created, and installed by Miss Stephanie Welch Grenier. We're going to really go into that and explore the exhibit. We're going to interview Stephanie Grenier, and we're going to talk with Lori Kaplan our parent mentor who does such an amazing job with our OSSB newsletter. She was also part of helping Stephanie get this art put up on the wall with the Ohio State School for the Blind. We're going to bring you the latest in OSSB athletics, our track and field seasons winding up, also our swimming season, but we don't have the results yet. So you're going to have to wait for May to hear how the swimmers did. Our alumni focus this month is going to be Boniface Womber, who graduated in 2015 and went on to pursue a degree in sports journalism. Well, I guess it's just journalism, but I just know Boniface, he loves sports. There's a lot of testing going on, but we're finally getting to the end of that, state testing and all that standard standard testing business. So it's time to celebrate. So our fifth graders <laughs> came on and talked about what they did to celebrate the end of state testing. Anyway, before we start this podcast, I do want to talk about something that I have been up to in the last month or so. As a teacher, I want to stay relevant and I want to stay current and I always want to deliver the best quality experiences to our students at the Ohio State School for the Blind. And this includes the podcast that you're listening to right now. In an effort to learn and grow and make our podcast sound better and expand, I joined an app called Clubhouse. And in Clubhouse, there's a podcast club called The Blind Podmaker. Sorry, it's called The Blind Podmaker. I'll get it right in a minute. So to be in Clubhouse, you have to be over 17 years old in order to join. And But once you're in, I think there's something for everyone on Clubhouse. It is audio only, and it's pretty accessible. The Blind Podmaker Club focuses on podcasting from a blindness perspective. It was started by Jonathan Mosen from New Zealand, who is a strong advocate for blind people, not only in New Zealand, but in the global community. You can catch Jonathan on MushroomFM.com and the Mosin at Large podcast. One of the benefits of being in the Blind Podmaker Club is the ability to showcase our podcast. So I can, Emily and I made a promo 
and submitted it to the Blind Pod Maker Club. And other podcasters in that club will play the promo that we created about the Ohio State School for the Blind podcast on their podcasts. So Ohio State School for the Blind is going to be known even more all around the world. So in return, we're going to share a promo of one of the members in the club. And this month's podcast is going to be Living the Dream podcast, the the Curveball podcast. So we're going to do a promo every month. Whatever's in that folder, I will try to play a promo. But I encourage you, since we are a school and this is a school podcast, that you really look at the you know, the maturity level of the podcast, the appropriateness of it for your age and your interest and make sure that it's a good fit and you're not listening to something that may not be appropriate for you. All right. So let's hear the promo of living the dream, the curveball podcast, and then we will get started on our podcast and what is happening in April at the Ohio State School for the Blind. And thank you for listening. Do you have dreams that you want to achieve but are scared to do so due to self-doubt, fear, and other people's criticism? I have just what you need. You need a dose of the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast where I interview guests that will motivate and inspire you to stop at nothing to achieve your dreams. And always remember, if you believe you can achieve. The Living the Dream the Curveball podcast is available on your favorite podcast app. And there you have it, Living the Dream with the Curveball podcast. All kinds of motivational things going on there. Thank you so much. Uh, and if you want to tune into that, go ahead and look it up on your favorite podcast app. And let's get started and see what's going on with April Facts and get into our April podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Emily again, and I will be bringing you facts for April. April's birthstone is the diamond, the hardest known natural substance on Earth. This gem has been associated with eternal love, healing, lightning, truth, and fearlessness. It has quite the reputation. April's birth flower is the daisy. This flower is a symbol of purity and innocence and gets its name from an old English word meaning day's eye, since it only opens during the day. The full moon for April is the pink moon, which occurs on April 26th this year. The moon is named after the herb moss pink, also known as creeping flocks, moss flocks, or mountain flocks. It is also one of two supermoons this year. And now we are moving to April Facts. April is the start of baseball season, so baseball fans rejoice. In ancient Rome, April was a sacred month for the goddess Venus. And it is believed that Venus's Greek counterpart, Aphrodite, could have had something to do with the naming of the month. The month of April gets its name from the Latin word aperio. I'm so sorry, I believe I pronounced that wrong. It means to open or bud because plants really begin to grow now. Moving on to April holidays. April Fool's Day was on April 1st. Autism Awareness Day happened this month, as well as Easter, Earth Day, and Arbor Day. 
This month was also National Poetry Month, National Air of American Heritage Month, Teacher Appreciation Week happened this month, and Jazz Appreciation Month was this month. This was also Alcohol Awareness Month and Cancer Control Month. A lot of things going on in April. Now for some more just-for-fun holidays. April 1st was also Sweet Potato Day. April 6th is International Pillow Fight Day. April 7th is National No Housework Day. April 17th is Blah 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 Day. Not entirely sure what that means, but, you know, I'm okay with that. April 21st is Go Fly a Kite Day. April 26th, National Richter Scale Day, which, if you did not know, that is the scale on which we measure earthquakes. Did not know it had its own day. And finally, April 27th is National Sense of Smell Day. So hopefully you don't smell anything bad on National Sense of Smell Day, because that would be unpleasant. And those are the April facts. Hello, welcome back to the Podcast Club, and today... It is me, Monty, and I have Miss Hannah Lippick. Did I pronounce that right? That's right. Alright, so I got some questions for you, and I hope you are able to answer them. The first one is, how's college going? It's going pretty well. I don't love being online, but I'm enjoying being in podcast club right now. That's the pretty cool part about it. <laughs> Sounds like you're making it work in college. I am. I'm pretty lucky to have a nice place to have classes every day, so it's pretty good. Getting along with your classmates? I am. I have a really tight group of friends this year who are all we're in the same classes every single day, so we get along really well. Well, that's nice. You studying up and getting a good education? I am. I'm studying a lot. A lot of hours of the night. I'm studying for big exams coming up. And my next question is, what are you majoring in? Well, I'm majoring in early childhood education with visual impairment right now. Well, that's cool. So what inspired you to follow this field of study? So I've always wanted to work with children. And my second year at Ohio State, I found out about a program where we would take 20 extra credit hours, so probably five more classes, and we would get a dual license. So not only could I teach kids who are kindergarten through fifth grade, but I could also teach kids with visual impairments from kindergarten to 12th grade. And I thought this was a super cool opportunity, but I didn't know quite if I wanted to do it until one summer I was working with a 10-year-old girl who had a visual impairment, and I was coaching her on the swim team. And we got to teach her how to jump off the diving board by herself and swim to the ladder, and that was just really rewarding of an experience. So I decided to apply for the program at Ohio State, and I'm loving it so far. What are the classes like for the visual impairment part of your degree? So far I've taken a course called Visual Processes, and that's about different conditions of visual impairment and different devices, technologies that can assist students. I've also taken Braille. That was something we took our first semester. So I got to learn that, which was pretty cool. And then right now I'm taking courses like curriculum and pedagogy, which are just incorporating adaptions of the curriculum from the expanded core curriculum into lesson plans and stuff like that. Okay. That sounds pretty intense. Is it a lot of work? 
it is a lot of work and we have summer courses as well. So I won't be stopping for a while. Mm -hmm. How much practicum experience are you able to get? Uh, so unfortunately we haven't done much in person being at OSSB this semester has been my first in-person experience and online experience since I started in my major. Mm. So before the pandemic, I was able to have experiences, but not with uh, students with visual impairments, aside from the one experience I had at home. Yeah. But we're hoping next semester and over the summer to get a lot more experience. Yeah, hopefully this will be over soon and we can be all face-to-face -face yeah. sooner than later. All right, Miss Hannah, what do you do outside of college? What are your hobbies? Well, a hobby that I have, which is still kind of related to college, is I'm actually an officer or a leader on the Ohio State ski team, and I'm a snowboarder. So every weekend I'm out in the slopes snowboarding. Before we were in the pandemic, we would race every weekend. So that's been super fun. But wow. We have to get you involved with Task up there at Snow Trails, which is the adaptive skiing. Have you heard of it before? I, I've heard of adaptive skiing, but I didn't know that they had that at Snow Trails. They do. Um, they start it probably in February and run through the end of March, depending on how the weather is. Kind of a bigger version of that is Envision Sports in Pennsylvania. Uh, they, they do a big deal every year. And actually, I went up to Peak and Peak in New York and skied, uh, which, was, which was really fun. Yeah. So, I love the sports aspect of working with students with visual impairments. So mm -hmm. I'll definitely look into that because we actually race at snow trails and that's something I'd be super interested in. So oh, that's awesome. I'll I, look into that. I don't know how you do that snowboarding thing though. I just, I can't figure it out. It's, you know, you're on this, this flat board and it's like, man, you gotta, what if you do, what if you got to stop? <laughs> yeah. It's, it took a while for me to learn. <laughs> it's tricky. That's great. Uh, now there's it's it's a rush to ski, especially when you're going downhill. And uh, cr cross country skiing that's a that's a workout. I'm telling yeah. you, it's like yeah, that is intense. I don't know if I could do cross country skiing. Thank you for joining us on the podcast club, and we wish you the best in your future endeavors. Thank you for having me. Ms. McCumber's class has been answering and discussing a "Would you rather" question every day during morning meeting. They thought it would be fun to create their own and share them with you. My name is Lyric, and would you rather play Minecraft or Fortnite? My name is AJ, and my would you rather is would you rather animate really well or knit really well? Hello, my name is Josh, and uh, would you rather have a penny that doubles its value every day or a million dollars? My name is Brian, and would you rather have a pet turtle or frog? Hi, my name's Jenna. Would you rather ha have cookies made from a homeless person or eat fast food for a month? My name is Brianna. Would you rather do science or math? Hi, I'm Devon. And would you rather do a virtual learning or go in person? And those are some very interesting questions to ponder. Thank you so much, fifth grade. I think I'd rather have a penny that doubles in value every day. And up next on the podcast, we're here to talk about something very interesting, actually. 
You may or may not know this, but we have a new mural, and we're here to interview the creator of that mural, Miss Stephanie. Hello, Miss Stephanie. Hello. Glad to have you here on the podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am a vision rehabilitation therapist, a certified orientation and mobility specialist, and a teacher of the visually impaired. I have been in Ohio for about four years now. I originally trained in Florida at the Lighthouse of Southwest Florida. Oh, wow. So you've kind of been around a little bit, been everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Fort Myers. Interesting. So what made you interested in creating this mural? So I've done art for many, many years since I was a kid. My family was very interested in me going to college. I'm the first person in my family, my immediate family, to go to college. So as a kid, art was something fun to do, but nobody wanted to be an, a starving artist. So my family really wanted me to go to college instead. But in my undergrad, I did do some art at the university. And then from there, it just kind of became a hobby. I started doing art therapy after my first master's with students with autism. And through that, I started donating murals to different organizations. So the first mural I donated was to that school for the children with autism. It was an ABA um, school. And then after that, I just kind of started donating from there. So when I moved here and I got to do some training at OSSB, I really just fell in love with the staff and I fell in love with the students and I wanted to make something for the students that they could experience through art that maybe kids don't necessarily have an opportunity to experience with visual impairments. A lot of times our kiddos don't get to participate in art the way that a sighted student might. That's a very interesting story. Just kind of wanted to give back. Yeah, this was a best kept secret because Miss Kaplan, <laughs> who is also with us, good morning, Miss Kaplan. Yeah. Good morning, guys. She does an amazing job with the newsletter every <laughs> week. I thank you. I mean, we struggle with getting stuff together for the podcast, and that's just once a month. And she's got it four times as rough as we do getting material together. But yeah, Miss Kaplan did a an article about the art exhibit. Was it last year? It was actually this winter. Um, I think I came into the building one time to drop some things off, only been in here a couple of times since COVID, and I stumbled upon the mural, and I'm like, what the heck? This is beautiful. It's amazing. It's tactile. <laughs> it's got Braille on it. I wanted to know more about it. And I had that aha moment because I was talking to somebody in the connector, and I leaned up against the wall, and <laughs> reached my hand up, and i that's the first time I saw it this winter. And I was like, but, what is this? Right. Like there's, you know, a guitar and a piano and there's a soccer ball and there's all this, this is neat stuff and braille up there. And it was like, I thought it was like a history of the school and I thought it was tied into the, the history book project that oh, we talked yeah. about last year. Right. So I reached out and started trying to get some information about who did this. That's this is what I awesome. did too. <laughs> we need to share this because this is like the best kept secret. And I think, you know, it would have been out more except for the, the whole COVID thing and, you know, people not being here uh, and having a chance to look at it. But I said, man, we really got to get the word out. So it's something you must see when you come on campus. So going back to Stephanie, you got the idea to put this together because of the passion that you have for the school and the folks here and, and things like that. So how did you get the ball rolling with that? So I was actually in my orientation and mobility program through OSU, and I was working pretty closely with the staff, especially Mary Swartout. And towards the end of the program, I just kind of reached out and said, hey, do you think the kids would be interested in a mural that is tactile? 
I've never made one to this size before, but I figured I would just give it a shot and I made the offer. And from there, the ball kind of just went rolling. We had a lot of approvals to go through. I had to meet with Alison Labar in person and kind of talk about where the mural was going to go and what the ideas were. And then I met with your art teacher and your history teacher, and they told me about the project the kids were doing last year. And that was where the idea kind of spawned from. Oh, wow. It kind of was related to the history book project in a way. It was. The idea was to give the kids an idea of kind of where the school started at and then how far you guys have come in terms of sports and access, independent living, and then jobs, of course. Work and work training has changed significantly since basket making. (laughs) And now the kids are doing some pretty amazing things with computers and technology. Absolutely. And you raise a good point, Stephanie, about the how far the school has come, because I know in our history, many people may not know that, that people were taught to do basket weaving and cane chairing, putting uh, the chair canes on. Okay, help me out, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> putting the, Caning the, chairs. Thank you. Yes. Caning yes. chairs. Yes. I don't know what um, you Making brooms. What? <laughs> yeah. Doing all, you know, all kinds of things. Piano tuning, learning mm-hmm. to do those kinds of things, which are no longer yeah. taught here. But it's, it is a part of our history. So I yeah. think that's, that's cool to have that. Yeah, we had a guy on the podcast who graduated in 1960. Oh, yeah. I remember and, that. Yeah. Larry, Larry mm-hmm. Smith. And he was on here and he was talking about broom making yep. when he went to school here. You know, and that's what was going on then and now. You know, like you say, times have changed and, you know, things have moved on. And certainly, you know, you need a higher level skill set because of what's out there now. Right. So. But the thing is, I think it's kind of cool that alumni, when they're coming into the building and they get to see this mural and they'll remember, you know, if they are, like you said, from that generation where those things were being taught, they'll, they'll, you know, get to experience that again. I think it's cool. Yeah, it is. And having the Braille on there is really, really helpful. And and it's great Braille. I'm so glad. How did you create it, though, Stephanie? Because it it looks like little sheets of metal. So the Braille is actually done on tin metal sheets. Oh, it is metal. It is metal. So my hope is that it will hold up to use. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't realize it was metal. I thought it was, you know. Like uh, a laminate? Yeah, I thought it was like that laminized paper, you know, like that you get from American Thermoform or, you know, we can get it on Amazon now. But metal should hold up as long as it doesn't bend on you you know but, yeah but i tell you it, it is really neat so we're actually gonna do an audio tour of it here in a minute and just describe it to you so but you can find this if you go down the connector between the new building and the original building it's closer to the original closer building. to the original building if you're walking towards the original building it's on the right hand side Yes. Check it out. And it is very big. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about the project, Stephanie, that we didn't cover? One thing that Stephanie mentioned to me, I think, and I don't know if we covered it here, was that she was had been making the murals. And then when you were at the lighthouse, I think you mentioned that someone in the front office was blind and you had you described what the mural looked like, but she wasn't able to see it because it was not tactile. It was not a tactile mural. So that's maybe where you got the inspiration. Is that your inspiration? It definitely is. I would love to give a shout out to Miss Sandra Burke. I worked with her for many years at the Lighthouse, and she had lost all of her vision at 21 because of her diabetes. Mm. She was raising a six-month-old baby at the time by herself, so it was a very difficult moment for her to go through. And We became very close and very good friends, and she told me art should be accessible and inclusive for all people. 
And that was the first time that as somebody who made paintings over the years that I really thought, you know, she has a point. I've never thought about making something that is accessible to the people that I work with. So ever since that day, I've kind of been toying with the idea of tactile pieces. And I've made a few along the way as gifts. My orientation and mobility instructor actually who works for OSSB got a gift, an O&M tactile piece for the time that he spent instructing me. And so I've just kind of been toying with that. But she's definitely the inspiration. She made me realize that art really should be inclusive if we can do that for people. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think you're right. Just thinking about myself and my relationship with art. The only thing that I really liked about art growing up was ceramics. Oh, yeah. Because no, ceramics are, you know, it's all tactile. Sure. You know? I loved ceramics. Uh, ceramics <laughs> are great. You know, and I know that there's a lot in painting and drawing oh and yeah no they're just, wonderful but yeah, it's just yeah, but you know to be able to interact with it and you know audio description is great and having a description is is awesome but to actually get hands-on with something you know is a wonderful experience so it is such a wonderful contribution to our campus and a reflection of the culture and the things that were done here and we just really appreciate your hard work and your creativity on this her generosity, we really do appreciate yeah. it. Oh, and it's completely. going to live on here for years, which is yeah. exciting. How long did it take to put that together? So I started in December over Christmas break, and it was done at about May. So it was about five months total. And then I asked Mary, actually, to have permission to store it here because we were getting ready to move, and I didn't have anywhere to put it, and it's pretty big. <laughs> so Mary let me store it here. I think I dropped it off in, like, June or end of May, and it sat in the building until October when we had permission to hang it because of COVID. Right. And she and her husband got permission. They came in when no one was in the building and installed it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it, it's got to be a little bit heavy, too, because of oh, the I'd materials imagine. that it's made of. Actually, it's pretty light, is believe it, it or really? not. There's a lot of foam under there. There's a lot of wire. So I tried to pick materials that were durable, but that were also not too heavy in case for whatever reason it might fall off the wall. It would be very unlikely because we ended up having to really drill it into the wall very well. Yeah. yeah. So that's all one piece. Wow. It's or actually five, I think. five different pieces. It's oh. five different panels. Yeah. Okay. But for the five different areas. That's so cool. Yes. Yep. I gotcha. And I did that for weight, just to make sure that it wasn't too heavy um, to put on the wall. Yeah. Up, right? yeah. Or if it fell on a kid or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which it should not ever no. fall on no. a kid. <laughs> that, that, that's going to warrant a sound effect, I'm just telling you. Oh, boy. You and yourself. Yeah, so if you come to OSSB, this is something that you must have a feel of and take a look at. It is truly spectacular. It is an amazing piece of art. Got anything else in? I just have one last question. What took the longest time to make? Like, which part? You know, actually, your school emblem <laughs> took the longest to make because of the lettering on there. There's a lot of things that I can paint, but for whatever reason, lettering is very difficult for me to get smooth lines, but also because it was tactile, it doesn't have a smooth surface. So to get letters that looked clean and weren't messy was very difficult. So it was one that I did a little bit on and then I would just leave it alone <laughs> and work on something else and come back to when I had the patience to letter. <laughs> yeah. You have anything, Miss Kaplan? I, I think I'm all tapped out. Thank all you right. so much for being here today. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate you guys inviting me. All right. Now that we've talked about the art exhibit and where it came from, the mural, we're going to go over and take an audio tour of the art 
art exhibit. And it's very interesting because Miss Stephanie really didn't say much at first because she wanted to gauge the reactions that Emily and I had when we felt and looked at the art. So stay tuned and check out the audio tour. And when you come on campus, you have to check this thing out in person because it is pretty awesome. So if we're looking at it, if we're looking at this left to right, we got to go down here a little bit more. This shows like all of our facets. This is what it looks like. Let's walk through it, Emily. What, what, what are we looking at here? All right, so Good morning. What you're in front of right now is the section that I'm going to assume is very like musical based. There is a plaque up around here somewhere that I yeah, cannot find. Yeah. If you go to the top of left, mm -hmm. there is some. There's braille throughout. But yeah, yeah. There is braille throughout this okay. thing. So, and in this section, so, there's a guitar. There's keyboard. Yeah. The guitar is real. You can actually. Yeah, it talks, it. talks about Mr. Hemlinger, oh, that's cool. the music teacher, oh, piano tuner. Wow. A long time ago. Oh, yeah, I forgot we used to have one. The Tournament of Roses. Oh. First Blind Marching Band. And that's the Tournament of Roses. Um, this, the, yeah, man. That was a great trip. It was a great experience. And he has the plaque up here that says piano tuning. Yeah, that was Roger Hamlinger. A lot of piano tuning involved in here. Yeah. There's like little drum things. So is this the piano up here? Yeah, that's the piano. Yeah, that Stephanie? Right okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. not interactive. I don't think you could fit a whole piano up there. <laughs> but but the, the black keys are definitely raised. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. you can feel the difference. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I like yeah. that. It is. We are talented! Yeah! Exclamation mark! Exclamation yes, mark! Yes, we are. Wow! Musicians! Art Tatum! Oh, yep. Uh, Rasan Roland Kirk. Oh, found your uncle. Yep. Rasan Roland Kirk, saxophone player. Oh, Play yeah. three saxophones at one time. Yeah, I think I remember that. He attended the school yeah. at one point, too, right? Yep. So, okay. All right. What do we got here, Stephanie? That, so that is a basket. Oh, it's a basket. Yeah, a basket. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So you got your handle on top? Yeah. What's in the basket? There is some Braille. Oh, you found the keyboard. Yeah, I did. This I is looking, my favorite part. I'm looking for the Braille, actually. So down, Just down to the, yep, right, down of the, down to the right at the bottom. Oh, hello. Right. Under the That's it. Uh, right. Basket making. Yeah. That's correct. Yep. We got some uh, binary. I it many times over. Yeah. We got some binary code above the that cable. That's correct. I have no idea. I can't read binary. And that says we are the industries. And, yeah, and that was um, industrious. Industrious. Yeah, industrious. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. I can too read fast. that print of There's a keyboard. That's yeah. cool. And we got more braille to the right of this. Like this gear thing over here. Uh, okay. Talks about the step program. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which is now, which is now evolved into the Edge program, I think. I don't know what that is. It's a. It looks like circuits, though. It is. It's the oh. inside of the computer. It's a part oh, of the that's so the cool. fan. That's the that, fan. That's so like, cool. I, I'm like, I know what that is. Actual, but you're looking yeah. at it out of context. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I was like, wait. You're looking at it out of context. 
and it Got says programming. Yeah. yeah, a little bit about that. All right, and oh, what is this? I have no idea. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt visited oh, in 1938. This guy? No. Yeah. Oh, what is that? And then it, it, that's the ear up there at the top. Uh -huh. and if you follow along the ear, it's a side view of it. Okay. Is the and then it, that's the ear up there at the top. Uh -huh. And if you follow along the ear, it's a side view of it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, Love it. Love the bell. That's what that was. I was like, it looks like a hat. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, You're that's okay. A... Now, what's this here? So that is a piece of a soccer ball. I was wondering the same thing. I, was yeah. like, I just see these three th rubber And things. this is all about your sports. The yeah. sports that the students do. Yeah. Yes. There's wrestling. Mm -hmm. Wrestling. Cheerleading, the pom-pom, right? <laughs> That's my favorite. Cheerleading, kind of doing the splits and the pom-poms and one in each Swimming over here. Yeah. Did you find goal ball? I did not. Goal it's ball. up there. <laughs> it's up there. Actually, my sport. Dan is we, down we, in the bottom left-hand corner. We skipped it. Uh, right there. That's my sport. <laughs> so over to the right, right there. This one? Yep, okay. and there's a braille, mm -hmm. and it's a, a that figure. says goal ball. What's, oh. this, what's this shape, though? So it's a guy dodging for the ball. Oh, okay. that's yep. awesome. <laughs> Diving for the ball. Diving yeah. for the ball. The block one. <laughs> I've had a few people on my team like that, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be one of those people. Diving I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to get out of the way. That thing is going to hurt. It's, yeah. I mean, it does if it's thrown by someone like you. And this is... Good morning, Bryce. Yeah, we're checking out this mural that's on the wall on the right. I don't know if you've seen it this year. Oh, uh, mural? You're going to have to check it out sometime. Maybe when you're not cleaning. There's a you're in your middle of your job. Yeah, you're in your break. Yeah. And then over here is the, what's the, I guess, mobility yeah. section. Yeah, so that's orientation and mobility, and that's someone walking with a cane, a white cane. Oh, that's awesome. And then we've got some yield signs and some different traffic signs. Ooh. There's your clock. There's the clock right and there. The independent living. Yeah, I was going to say, it says activities of daily living. So this clock has the raised hands. It has print numbers. It has, it's well, it has the, clocks. yeah, like a Braille watch well, kind of like a thing. A and then it has. So that's actually the front of the stove. Oh. And it has the different dials that you can Yeah, it's like, what is that? You feel the puff, the puffy dots? Is that what you have in ILF class on your stove? Daily oh, yeah, living. I didn't even Get notice. <laughs> yeah. Then there's someone sitting on something. Somebody in a wheelchair. Yeah. Oh. There's the dials of the stove. That is so cool. I thought it was a radio the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm turning this up to high, Emily. Watch your hand. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to have to move my hand. <laughs> that is Get way cool. Burned. So, uh, left to right, we have... We got music. We've got industry, industry, work, yeah, 
The middle is just some history of the school. That and was cool. The main emblem is that what it's. Yeah, I remember the painter. I called it a crest earlier. And then we have sports and then independent living. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Miss Stephanie Welsh Grenier, for doing such a great masterpiece as a tribute to our school. We love it so much and can't wait for everybody to come by and feel it, look at it, and sharing that that great work. Thank you so much, and what a fabulous interview as well. Let's go! Finish strong! Beautiful! Come on! Let's go! Good job, Eli! Good job, Eli! Nice job, Eli! Way to go! Beautiful! And... Alright, Jenna! Go hard, Jenna! Go hard, Jenna! Alright, Jenna! Next heat. Go, ladies, go! Alright, go, Savannah! Go, Maya! Come on, Michaela! Nice job, lady. Okay, Maya and the three con. Focus on this first, and then we'll talk about She's checking her feet. And it's big job. Good job, Maya. Excellent. And we let's, let's check that distance. Get in real close over there. Let's get the distance. Fourteen and a half. That was a little flavor of what was happening at the track on April 28th for the track finals. Big shout out to the athletes and the coaches and everybody involved in the track finals. Now, Mr. Heath, Coach Heath of the 2021 track team will join us to talk about how our athletes did with their results. Hello, OSSB podcast listeners. This is Coach Heath from the boys track team. And I just want to take a moment to, uh, from Coach Bailey and myself to congratulate all our athletes this year on the track team. We had uh, Marwan Hassan. He's our only senior. He's been a cornerstone of our team for several years now. He did a great job. Eli Potter, on this past Wednesday, we had our championship meet. Eli set several personal bests and also uh, just picked up shot put this year and did a great job. He's a junior, so he'll be back for the boys team. For Coach Bailey's girls team, we had Samaya Hassan and Courtesy Goins, both juniors, been with us uh, for a few years. Both did a great job this year. Uh, Jenna Allo is our sophomore, our long-distance runner. She set a personal best in the mile and uh, definitely, uh, once again this year, did a great job. Then we had three newcomers. We had Maya Thorpe, a uh, junior, Michaela Pike, a sophomore, and Savannah Udis, uh, an eighth grade. And so all newcomers, but uh, 
definitely contributed to the team this year and overall a big success. Obviously, with all the COVID protocols, we were unable to travel, but we had a very successful uh, championship meet at OSSB's track on Wednesday night and a good crowd came out to support all our athletes. So we just want to thank everybody and um, thank all the support we get from the OSSB podcast listeners. Thank you very much. Okay, welcome back. And our alumni focus this month is going to be Boniface Womberg. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Nice to have you. Also, Emily's here. Good morning, Em. Good morning. Okay. All right. So, you know, it came to mind to have Boniface on this month because Boniface texted me out of the blue and says, Hey, Mr. Kelly, I'm looking for some things to do. And I said, Hey, you got that journalism degree thing going on. So why don't you help me out with the podcast club? And Boniface says, yeah, that's a great idea. So Boniface, you're going to be, we're going to be hearing a lot from him through the end of the year. So I said, man, let's just come on and talk about what you're doing. So Boniface, thanks for joining us this morning. Let's talk about what you've been up to since you left the Ohio State School for the Blind in 2015, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like six years. Yeah. Wow. wow. You're getting to be an old. You're getting to be an old man now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm about to be like 25 in June, so it's like. Oh my word, oh, man! man. It makes me feel old. I remember when you were in like the sixth grade, and your voice was up here like this. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have an old MP3 file when I was showing you how to use a Braille light. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So, Boniface, let's talk about journalism a little bit because you decided to go there. And when did that start for you? It started probably about in my teen years. I want to say probably around my ninth or tenth grade year, somewhere within that range. I was always fascinated by sports and things that take place in sports like sports analysts and just things of that nature and so I had everybody from friends to family because at this point I was getting on their nerves with all my different (laughs) arguments they're like hey you know what maybe you should think about doing this as a job in the future you know since you like to get on our nerves and I'm like so is this arguments like the talk shows on the radio where they get on there and they talk about you know like the herd or whatever you know where they're talking about what teams are doing and (laughs) and what players are doing that kind of thing and a lot of times they get into why are they doing that and they shouldn't be doing that that whole so that kind of got (laughs) you into it huh yeah in my spare time and i'm not doing anything i always had the habit of just even to this day i still have the habit of just looking up random facts about different teams players that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so you did something with it right in high school yes yes i did i want to say it was my senior year of high school i joined the braves messenger at whetstone high school by this point i was going back and forth between ossb and whetstone Mm -hmm. half half and one of the classes i took at whetstone allowed me to work for the braves messenger newspaper at whetstone where i I was a field reporter. I even was a sports anchor for the TV side of the Braves Messenger. Wow. Yeah. Were you the first blind student that ever did that? Yes. As far as I know. Right. What was that like? It was fun. I mean, I had a blast. I guess it also helps when you're doing sports and you have guys that are also in the class that are also 
on the football or basketball team or right. whatnot. <laughs> so you kind of have, you know, that inside and you know people in other classes that you have that are also on different sports teams. So you kind of have the in. Yeah. Did you feel like you were breaking through barriers or anything like that or breaking down barriers because you were the first blind person doing this? Did that make a difference or did you just kind of wasn't really a big deal? Uh, to me, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit of both. To me, I didn't, I mean, to me, I didn't feel like it was a super big deal. I just felt like one of one of the people, just like one of the reporters just doing me everything. Like I, But at the same time, I realized that it was a big deal because, you know, before me, there wasn't another visually impaired person that did this. And But at the same time, I felt like, you know, any visually impaired person could do this. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. And uh, so you got over on the TV side of things. Were you doing a lot of the technical stuff as well um, with, with um, getting – No, I, I didn't have to do a lot of the technical stuff. I just had to get up there, you know, met, read from my prompts of my from my script. Yeah, let me tell you, memorizing the script while trying not to look at a brown note is very fun. You know? <laughs> Well, what I've always found though, Boniface, is that if you're, if you're doing a presentation and you're using a braille device, you can put that under the table and nobody mm-hmm. will know you're reading. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to figure that unless out. You, unless you have to have your hands, you know, like, you know, you, you talk a lot with your hands, if I remember right, you know, yeah, moving your arms around and things like that <laughs> to get your yeah. point across. <laughs> yeah, so look out when Boniface starts talking. <laughs> no, Especially if it's a heated discussion. Too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that, I'm glad you had a good experience at Whetstone and obviously it, it it kept you inspired to, to keep pursuing this. So did you go into Ohio state after that or Columbus state? Where'd you go when you graduated? Um, after that, I went directly into Columbus state to mostly get a lot of my gen eds out the way. So I, when I got to Ohio state, I could focus more on my, uh, de- my main degree. So I graduated from Columbus state first with my associates of arts in 2000 in the spring of 2018 so yeah go me Yay. <laughs> uh, then i transferred to ohio state later that fall and by that point i only had like maybe one gen ed class left which was like like third spanish class um and then so by that point i was just mostly focusing on uh my journalism degree and i tried a minor in communications but they didn't really offer it for the journalism so uh-huh. um I minored in political science as well. So. Okay. Yeah. What an interesting minor to have. Mm-hmm. To find that the two go hand in hand. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> because you have to, yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely have to have a lot of crosstalk knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. About different things, yeah. So, yeah, did your gen eds at Columbus State, went to Ohio State, and what, talk about that experience at Ohio State a little bit. Oh, man, it was fun. For most, I, I've always wanted to go to Ohio State. Uh, you know, huge Buckeye fan growing up. So, yeah, you know, once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so, I mean, my experience at Ohio State was pretty fun. I got to experience a lot of different things. I did things with the Big Ten student youth thanks to my sports media class. Mm-hmm. I was a general assignment student life reporter for the Lantern. Um, so, I also did freelance journalism. I took their freelance class in okay. addition to uh, in another independent study that same semester in 2020. 
yeah, 2020, where I also um, worked with the multimedia professor so we could uh, cover my multimedia credit with two different independent studies. Right. That's when we kind of got into audio, correct? Yes. That's how I got to explore the audio side of reporting. Um, so the quick story. I Every journalism major has to take the multimedia class uh, in order to graduate. Um, now, one of the main concerns we all had from disability services to the professor, to the head of the journalism department, to my advisor, was, you know, how we were going to make this work and make this super accessible because there is a there was a bunch of things um, that go into this class and it's an extremely visual class. So we ended up coming together, whether I was there or not, um, or there in person or there by phone and talking about how we could make this work. So we settled on one credit hour of an independent study for the, with the multimedia professor and two credit hours working for The Lantern with their um, managing editor for the media side of things. Mm. Good friend of mine, his name is Jack. Y'all got to check him out. He's really good at uh, podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just be helping out with The Lantern with their uh, Columbus Own, which is a section in The Lantern where they covered local different artists. I'd come in, help up set up the microphones, lighting, um, and all of that. And then when I was with the multimedia professor, we would cover the different basics of audio and what kind of different devices are used for videos and mm -hmm. what type of microphones and just all that. Oh, that sounds pretty neat. I love that stuff. I could geek out on those audio devices all day long. <laughs> Is that kidding? You probably could. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, I did mention on this podcast um, earlier about the, the blind pod maker club that, that I'm in. So if, if you're on Clubhouse – I encourage you to kind of follow that club because it's everything to do about podcasting from a blindness perspective. So it's about how to set it up. And, yeah. Thank you for that invite. By yeah, the way. Well, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Emily, do you have a question? Uh, I guess my only question would be, what's the goal from here? Where are you? Are you at where you want to be? Or is there anything more? What's um, it, well, for me right now, just, you know, I've been out of school for about a few months now, you know, looking for looking for work. So that's going very swimmingly. Yeah, what kind of things are you looking for? Um, just uh, I've done looked up uh, different places for like um, like communication, like entry level positions. I've looked at different um, like there's podcast jobs available that I applied to just anything that can just get me uh, my foot in the door. Um, last My last semester, I was interning at uh, this place called Eye on Ohio, which was an investigative reporting uh, newspaper, mm -hmm. um, and where I was an investigative reporter, so I got to cover the basics of that because I've never done that before. Wow. Hey, uh. um, so... And on top of that, I was also taking a data journalism class. So I learned how to do data reporting as well. So, Data reporting sounds real fun. <laughs> I'm a big math guy, man. No. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of work, I mean, the writing part came easy. It was just the, it, yeah. the data part and the gathering. And it was just, 
That sounds like a headache. Yeah. So it may not oh. may not be your cup of tea. No. May not be your cup of tea. No, it's not. But I mean, it was an experience, and I also got to do a little bit of it at my internship. So there's that too. All right. Well, yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna wish you the best of luck. But before we go, before we go, talk about Ohio State. Give us one of your most favorite, fun, all time experiences there, and maybe talk about one of your biggest challenges there and, and how you got around it. All right. So one of my biggest challenges, I guess, well, I knew people that went to Ohio State. They were already going there when I got there. I guess, you know, just it's a big place. It, it's a very, like, big place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to thrive more in larger areas than most people would that I've, I've come to notice, mm-hmm. at least I think. You're a, you're a um, tall but, guy. but um i i think my biggest challenge was well at least from my first semester there was just to make just to get comfortable it took me a little bit longer than usual to get comfortable in my own skin just going there Mm. but i think that lasted for maybe about two or three weeks at least okay maybe a month at most but after that I mean, everything just kind of came easily and just making sure, and I think just making sure I got, I was getting what I was, what I needed from my professors to make sure I could get all my stuff done on time. Okay. And your, yeah, your, your favorite, most fun over the top experience, like the best of the best at Ohio state. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess. I would have to say getting to do three different sessions at the Big Ten Student U and see what those students at Ohio State get to do helping out the Big Ten Network. Um, When I took my sports media class, let me tell you, it was it was a blast. Um, Everybody in my sports media class was required to take um, to do three sessions with the Big Ten Student U. Um, Well, I got to do different things. I got to learn how to produce a sports broadcast. And what goes into that, I got to learn how to work replay. And um, my first session, which was probably my most memorable one, because I got to run the scoreboard. And I had to remember not to press the button so early. I I did that about two or three times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny because you go take it off. (laughs) Just kidding. Wow. And it was a soccer game too, no less. Oh, oh so it was live. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Very embarrassing. Oh, I... I, we all had a good laugh though. <laughs> we all had a good laugh about it, but for the most part, everybody said I did great. That's great, man. That sounds like some good experiences there. Boniface, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about what you've been doing and, and what you're looking forward to. And uh, also appreciate you helping out with the podcast club. Look forward to working with you on Tuesdays until the end of the year. Woohoo. You got it. Well, have to get you in here in per- yeah, we'll have to get you in here in person sometime and let you mess with the mixer a little bit. And- oh, boy, that'll be oh, fun. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you so much, Boniface. And remember, you do a search for OSSB in your favorite podcast app so you can check it out when it, when we release it at the end of the month. All right. And, and we're also going to put that link, the story, the, the, the story in the lantern Mm -hmm. that you sent me. Was that your first story that you published? 
Uh, yeah, the, there are several. Um, yeah, the one, my favorite, the first one I ever did was the one about the Airsoft Club. Trying, when they, that was actually the first one I ever start. I did. My okay. favorite one, though, was definitely the Bike Hub opening. <laughs> yeah, the Bike Hub opening by the mm-hmm. RPAC, which used to be Larkins Hall back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Back when the old man Kelly went there. So. Oh, man. Uh, now it's, uh, it's the RPAC. By the way, good place for me to go. That's why I, I was like, man, that's how I started committing myself back to getting in shape. I was like, man. Yeah. It, it, is a, it is a neat facility. I've actually been down there with uh, – my sons, when they did their swim test for, for scouts, we do it down at the RPAC. So, wow. yeah, they get in there and demonstrate water safety and all that. All right. Well, there we go. That's our alumni focus this month. Boniface Womber, we wish you the very best, and we look forward to hearing more great things about you in the future. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Hi, my name is Brianna. Ms. McCumber and her dream team had a party to celebrate the end of um, state testing. All right, you're up. <laughs> My name is Lyric, and we celebrate the end of state testing by having, by having Subway and Papa we listen to music. All right, try again. Hi, my name is Lyric, and we celebrated the end of state testing with Subway, Pop, and music. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for another edition of the OSSB Podcast. Now, wasn't that fun? I had a great time. And uh, we got exciting things coming up for you in May as well. If you remember Captain John Turnbull in 2019, he's going to come back on the podcast next month and share some exciting news with us. You don't want to miss it. Plus, a lot more.